With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. what that entails, what 
the work that comes with that. So if you want change, you have to learn, first of all, who are you and what are you want to, wanting to change from? What are you wanting to give up? What about your life? Um, that you want to be different because if we if we don't change anything, there's not going to be any difference in our lives. Our lives will not change. We will not change. So that being said, if you have not moved your trash can lately um, or have not at all, please do so. For our new listeners, please join us in doing this and, and let us know how you're doing or how it worked for your family. And I do encourage you again to, to utilize or to incorporate your children in on this because the sooner we can train them or get them to thinking about their thoughts and their choices and their decision making skills and and what the mind is and how it works, the sooner we can get them involved in the process of that, the better. We don't want to send them out in the world um with confusion about their mind and their heart and the difference and you know, all the things that go on. So just just do that. And let us know how you're doing. Tonight's topic um, is generational curses or generational choices. And I posted it in the form basically as a question. So generational curses or generational choices. And I want to start tonight's show with reading the description that I put out there or the details for this show. So I'm going to read it in its entirety and, and before we begin and for those of you who are just coming on with with me with me tonight or with us, I want to remind you that you do select the number one um, to submit your questions or comments on 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 the show live. And for those of you in the chat line, you can just type those there, and I'll get back to those probably about every 15, 20 minutes. So be patient with me there. But I'm going to start with reading the description that went out for this show because not a lot of you or not all of you are able to see this. But the details of the show is. A generational curse is defined as defilement passed down from one generation to the next. The proponents of generational curses propose that when multiple cases of the same problem happen within a family line, it is a generational curse. What this statement is saying is this. If a family has multiple cases, generation after generation, of situations such as, but certainly not limited to, alcoholism, divorce, anger, depression, suicide, sickness, disease, mental or sexual abuse, then the family must be suffering from or must be under a generational curse. Some even attribute recurring persistent sin and poverty to generational curses. So I asked, what are your thoughts? Can the sins or the dis- or disobedience of the forefathers be the cause of your personal sin, misfortune, downfall, sickness, or diso- disobedience? Or could it be that we really do mimic what we see and must make a choice to do different and certainly to do better? The phenomenon of modeling confirms that children pay more attention to what one does than merely what one says. Therefore, the generation. Therefore, the question is: generational curses or generational choices? Which one is it, and why? For you, what scriptures validate or contradict the generational curse belief, if that is what you believe? And so tonight, we really do want to know what is it that you believe. What are your thoughts on generational curses? 
and I can say for me, I'll start out with, with myself. There was a time, and I can remember um, going to a friend because I, I at my pastor at the time I, I just couldn't connect with, and I just remember I was at work, and I can't remember exactly what was going on in my life and in the life of my family, but I do remember just thinking this, Something is demonic about what is going on here. I just remember thinking, I have to get to someone. And my question was, could my family be under a curse? I was a lot younger at, at that time, um, seeking God, but in a in a different way. Um, I, I feel for my life there's been different levels of seeking. I think I found myself at times seeking for, for my own purpose and just, being stuck sometimes, but when you seek just to know God for who he is, regardless of what where you are in life, what you have, what you don't have, when you seek him just because of who he is in your life to you, and when you realize what he has been in your life and, and to you and his grace and mercy, it is truly a difference. It's like when you would say, whatever, whenever, and however, God, I don't care. I'm sold out for you. So it was a difference. Um, I think back then I had motives. I, I was just so confused and, and all that. However, that was that day I needed something to kind of validate or explain or help me understand all the years of confusion, all the things that I've I'd seen in my family. And I'm gonna be very transparent here tonight. If there's if, if there's ever ever a picture of dysfunction, I've seen it. If there's ever a picture of, of dysfunction from, from, you know, what we look and what we need from families, I've been there. I've done that. I've experienced it. So there was a time where I felt like my family has to be under a curse. The older I, I got and the more wisdom you, you take upon yourself and the more you grow, now I, I believe this, that my choices, because right now in my life my choices are making my life different. And it's not that everything's changed. I'm certainly not perfect, but I really do understand what it means to be a child of God and what that does in your life, to your life, and, and how it changes you. So as I as I posted another posting out on Facebook, and I don't remember what day this was, but I remember thinking and saying to you guys that read it and keep up with it, that if there is such a thing, then it doesn't matter. It does not apply to me because my DNA has changed. I'm, I, I know who my father is, and, it's, and it's, I'm not speaking about my father here. Do I see and have I seen some things in my life that I also saw in my mom's life and my dad's life and my grandparents and so on? Absolutely. But that's not the issue. That's not my focus. My focus is, okay, who am I? Who, who am I in Christ? What do I want out of life? Do I believe and have faith in what God says in his word? And what am I willing to do with that faith and with that knowledge? How am I willing to live my life? So as I started out the show, it takes work. It takes um, a really seeking God with with your whole heart, with your soul, heart, soul, and mind, as the word says, to understand that, Whatever your belief is, whether you believe that there there is such a thing as generational curses, that salvation, the grace, the mercy, your obedience, all of that, all of that goes away. 
all of that. You're free from all of that. There's such freedom. But nevertheless, I'm going to give out some scriptures tonight, some verses that I feel validate what what my belief is. If you all have something different, please share. If you have a different opinion of even the definition or the, the description that I read, if you have a different of opinion on that or you just you see it in a different light, please share because you may help me. You may help someone else that's out there trying to figure out um, just where where their life fits in because believe believe me, we all have, when it comes to families, we all have skeletons in our closets. And what's, what's happening is we want to leave those skeletons in the closet, which means we're not dealing with it. And that's what's happening to our children. We're not dealing with things within our homes, within our families. I continue to say this, that as far as our, our young children, for sure, but even in our adult life, we are so missing, and I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but we are so missing out on the importance of relationship, starting, first of all, with our relationship with our Creator, with the Father. We are so missing out. It's as if we're treating our relationship with God just as we treat our relationship in this human world. You know, we just, we're just we kind of selfish with it. It's about me. It's about what I want, what I need, when I need it, and how I need it. But I really do feel like that there's so many of us needing people to stand up and operate in their perspective role, whether that is grandmother, mother, father. I'm I'm, I'm amazed how the word mother, once you become a mother, people get this thing where um, I'm going to, I raise you, you, you're going to leave and go. Well, I understand now that I will never not be someone's mother as long as I am a mother because Brandon's going to have children, hopefully, and that means I'm going to be a grandmother and from there a great-grandmother. But what I think is happening here is we are so out of touch with um, the relationship and, and we and what we need from each relationship. There's divine order in the process and the way that God intended it for, for it to be, from the head to the tail. Um, and when we miss out, we're missing out on the foundation, on what we need to build, say, a house. If you go and build a house without any foundation or a corrupt foundation, so we're walking out in the world leaving the skeletons in the closet, never really dealing with them, and the world is cruel. If we get this from relationships within our families and homes, we got all this, just this, this bitterness and this bickering going on, um, and we really have to go all the way back to really identify and understand where that comes from. However, I don't think it's I don't think it's that we don't understand where that comes from. We just choose again not to deal with it. Because getting back into slavery and and everything that happened with our ancestors and what they went through, but even then they persevered, and there was a sense of a better connection than there is today. But again, to understand that, we'd have to go just far back, so don't have enough time and it's kind of a different show. We've talked about the making of a slave on here um, and all those things, so we've talked about that, and hopefully you guys remember that. But fast-forwarding it up, what I think is happening is we we do mimic what we see. 
in a mighty way. We mimic what we see, and what I think is what we're doing is we're we're forming perceptions based on our experiences as a child, what we go through, what we see, and again, not dealing with those things, but going through those things and allowing those things to to set to take root in us. We talked about what's the root of it all. We had that 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 show as well trying to get you guys and, and me as well to identify where is all this coming from? Where are all these weeds coming from? You know, we I got a lot of good stuff in here and I got a lot of bad stuff, but my focus and my, my attention seems to always be drawn to the to the to the weeds. I miss the flowers. So going back, I feel it becomes choices. It's generational choices. We continue to see our forefathers, meaning mothers, parents, grandparents, uncles, whatever, make those choices, and it becomes it becomes a part of us. So I don't think it's more. And if it is a curse, if we want to call it a curse, call it a curse from them, because we we each of us are are responsible individually, responsible individually for. Our walk and our relationship with God. And that doesn't mean you can't help me and shouldn't help me grow. But even then, we're missing out on that because we don't we don't operate in truth. And even when someone does try to to tell you something or show you something, how well do we receive it? And the word says, "The truth shall set you free." So if someone comes to you with their truth, with their truth and advice. How well do you receive it? So it is about our choices. I also call them familiar spirits. I've shared the story on with you guys about the young young boy who was clearly had been clearly abused with the iron um marks on his back, but still he wanted to go home. He did not want to go to foster care because that's what he knew. And I think what we do in life is we go out in life with those familiar spirits on us, not claiming salvation, not claiming deliverance. We go out thinking that was my mom's life, that was my dad's life, that's what I saw, and so this must be for me as well, particularly when you when you as a child see it generation after generation after generation. And remember that the description said if a family has multiple cases, generation after generation of situations. I know I can sit here and say I've seen case after case, generation after generation of, of some of these things. But on the flip side, I also see some people who did not take that on within my family, who made a choice to say, not me, not my children. Not my child, and it doesn't mean we started out because I'm one of them. That we started out right, that we got it all right, doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is we wanted different, but we knew that we had to make a choice to get different. Because there was a time where, looking back, it's it's really the grace of God, really the grace of God that I even had an option to make better choices. Because when you're around it 24-7 seemingly, um, it's hard to get out. 
It takes work to get out. But again, think about our ancestors. I have some some quotes that I want to share with you. Frederick Douglass is one of my favorite people to inspire me. And I've jumped around here, so I have no idea where I am with my notes because I've kind of went about. um, But when it comes to our ancestors, you know, we should be able to be empowered. You know, if it was such a thing about a curse, look at how many people came out with with a sound, excuse me, with a sound mind from slavery, from being oppressed. People, a people of oppression. And Harriet Tubman said, I freed a, a thousand slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. And today, we, we, I mean, slavery has taken a whole nother concept because our mind, society in this world is working to capture or enslave the mind. And people, it is working. We're not making choices. We're not thinking about choices. We are conformed. I won't say conformed. You know my word is we are addicted to this world. But the scripture says do not be conformed to this world. But we as people of God, if we are addicted to the world, if we look like the weeds, if we look like the world, then what are we doing? Who are we? Is that God? Is that our grace, graceful and merciful God? Cursing us? Or is that our choices? Is it an excuse? In Romans 1 and 20, I want to make sure I have that exactly right, but I know that part of it, it just says that, you know, God's divine power, he made it so clear so that we would be without excuse. That we would be without excuse in our lives for whatever is going on in our lives. Good or bad. And going back to our ancestors, the quote that I was wanting to get out to you from Frederick Douglass, um, there's actually a couple of them from him, but this one, I I have observed this in my experience, and this is from Frederick Douglass. I have observed this in my experience of slavery, that whenever my condition was improved, Instead of increasing my contentment, it only increased my desire to be free and set me to thinking of plans to gain my freedom. I have found that to make a contented slave, it is necessary to make a thoughtless one. Get that, a thoughtless one. So we we are people without thought. Number one, we don't have time to think. There's so many distractions that we have become addicted to as well. I see just as many, I know, 40-plus people texting and on the phone, just as I did today. One almost hit me today because she was texting. And she was not 18, but there's so many distractions. We tell the kids not to do it, but we're doing it. We tell the kids not to do this, not to say this. I hear, I hear more grown people cursing and fighting and and whatever than I do the kids. And the grown people won't even say, I- "I'm sorry." They 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 won't even respect you enough to say, "Hey, I- I'm sorry." A young man was outside across the street, didn't know I was out there. Had kind of went out to take my garbage out, and he cursed. And when he saw me, he, it, 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 it blessed me, so I almost forgot that he cursed because he said, ma'am, I'm sorry. 
I haven't seen that and heard that in a long time. So it is about our choices. We have become thoughtless people. I'm going to read that one again. I have observed this in my experience of slavery, that whenever my condition was improved, instead of creasing my contentment, and I'm going to stop there for a minute because, see, some of us, there's a little bit of improvement in your life, and imagine how just a little bit of improvement will make us some, some of us stop. We become content. Not really dealing with those skeletons, though. Just covering up. I'll say, you know how when you burn some meat and you want to put some gravy on it, just throw some gravy on it, it might help it out. So we just cover it up. So it only, for Frederick Douglass, he says, it only increased my desire to be free and set me to thinking of plans to gain my freedom. So how often do you think, about gaining freedom from your bondage, from your stuff, from your skeleton, from your generational curses, if that's what you want to call it, or yourself. Because at the end of the day, we think it's our family, our mother, our father. We think it's Satan, but we're our we're our we're our worst enemy. Our own selfish desires, and we talked about the seven deadly sins a few weeks ago. Those things that we don't want to deal with but those things that lead our lives, that cause us to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to want things that we don't need, to be distracted so that we don't have to deal with what's really going on, to look like we have it all together inside and out. That's more important than really having it together. So, as again, for those of you who are listening, please do uh, share your thoughts and share your comments. Um, I want to finish this quote. I found he says, "I found that to make a contented slave, it is necessary to make a thoughtless one." And again, we've become a people that again just really don't think, even about our own lives, our own decisions, our own choices, and how they will affect us. I've always told Brandon, I just, just finished writing a proposal up to present this to uh, the youth in October, and it's coming full circle. I've always told Brandon, it's always okay until it's not. And if you would just take a minute and get on the other side of it's not, and whatever is over there, if it's one thing that you know you can't deal with or your mama won't deal with, you better rethink it. We make those decisions thinking we're gonna we're gonna get by, we're gonna miss it. We'll be okay. So again, I ask you: Is it generational curses, or is it really generational choices? If we allow even ourselves to to continue to walk around and put this back on our faithful faithful God, a grace graceful God, a merciful God, then really, who are we serving, or why would we serve? If my, if what is happening in my life or what has happened in my life is because of God, and if that's what a lot of people think, I found so many books where people are people have really told people you're under a curse. I mean, people of God, you're under a curse. As if there's nothing you can do about it. Let's see if we can pray it off of you, is what they say. 
or what some of the books that I ended up reading because of this topic is what it what they expressed. So another, well, this is probably my all-time favorite from Frederick Douglass, um, and I don't believe it was a really an actual quote. It was in one of his writings uh, where it talks about him saying that, you know, they were able to enslave my body, but I never, ever allowed them to enslave my mind. So, again, the world tells us when, where, how, what to buy, what to wear. The world has people spending four, five, $600 on purses. Seriously. The world... Your your desire to to do what I'm not sure, and I don't I'm not knock everybody has their thing their stuff, but there's some things just just that just does not make sense to me. It just doesn't. I mean Michael Kors, who is Michael Kors? We won't spend we we'll spend six hundred dollars on a purse, but won't we'll spend six seven dollars on on something that will help you get out of something that you need to get out of. If you're having financial issues, then go to a financial seminar. If you're having a sense of depression, then pay to go, do something, talk, read a book, talk to somebody, do something. But we won't fix those things that will change your course in life because we don't want to deal with it. Go back to the skeletons in the closet. But if you don't change them, if you don't address them, then how will your life change? How will you change? We're sending those kids out in the world. They're seeing us do exactly what we preach to to them not to do. And that's a choice. And if we mimic, if people mimic, especially children, if they mimic what they see, then we have to ask ourselves as adults, what are they seeing? What are we showing them? So my focus tonight is more on, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm on the side of generational choices. And for our young people that are listening tonight and for the, the young girls that we work with, you know, I preach, It's your. I don't care where you come from, where you live, what your mom does, what your dad does, what they don't do, it's up to you. Your destination, your future, your tomorrow will, will what you do today will determine that. Now, will life happen? Does bad things happen to good people? Absolutely so. We live in a world. So do I tell them or am I telling you that, hey, do all this thing, make great choices, and, and nothing bad will ever happen to you? Absolutely not. Because I have to go back to the word on that. It says count adversities, trials, tribulations, Count them all joy because it's just another time for God to show up and reveal his power, who he is. I think we have problems counting it all joy because we know what, we know where our lives fit into that. We know what we're doing, what we're not doing. Uh, how obedient we've been or are being to God's word and and the change that comes with that. And we get stuck in allowing ourselves not to continue because we don't start to see those things uh, go away 
quickly. I had this conversation with the girls Saturday. If you would just continue, focus on the things that you are mastering, so to speak, and keep going. Because just as that one, just as you got over that one, another one is coming. But if you stop, guess what? You're going to stay there or you're going to return back to where you are most familiar, to that familiar spirit. So it's not so much as the curse. I think, again, it's because we mimic what we see and it becomes familiar to us. So if you grew up in a home where there were alcoholics, when you get out, and you, you sometimes you're drawn to, to alcoholics. But think about the people that it does just the opposite for. I have friends that grew up in alcoholic homes, and, and you mention alcohol to them, they want nothing to do with it. However, I do believe if you don't deal with what the effect it had on you, then your addiction will be something else, could possibly be something else. Not always. And that's why I say we have to deal with the skeletons, the fears, the pains, the weaknesses, the strengths. You have to deal with them. Not focus on them and live your life based on them, but you have to deal with them. You can't put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound and go about your business. And many of us are walking around with gunshot wounds that we didn't deal with, that our parents didn't stop and help us deal with, then you went into life with all this stuff, especially us women, and men too, but in a different way. So let me get back. um, I'm going to check the chat line, and for those of you, okay, I do have something in the chat line. I think I'm going to ask this person to call in, and I'm going to give him a few minutes to call in. And if you don't, Mr. Crozier, then I'll I'll address your question. But I want you to call in. Um, if you and that's eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. Again, eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six is the call in number. And if you cannot, I'll give you a few minutes. If you cannot, then what I will do is, uh, and you select the number one. If you cannot call and ask that question, um, then I'll ask it for you and hopefully we'll get some feedback. Okay. And for those of you who are listening on the phone line, do know that you have to select the number one for me to um, know that you do have a question or comment. So what I want to do is kind of focus on, since my belief is it's more about the choices that we make, our our decision-making skills, how we think um, based on our perception and where we are in life, where we've been in life, where we come from. Um, I want to talk about ways that we can make better choices or focus on or begin to make better choices. And start to also with our young people, you know, I was reading today, and I believe this was might have been a Frederick Douglass quote as well, but it's, it's, it's easier to basically, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quote or paraphrase it the way I remember it, to deal with basically the youth, the younger people. It's, it's, it's easier to deal with issues at a younger age or to change 
a small person there than there is to change a grown man. That reminds me of a conversation I was having today with um, a person out of Atlanta who's running a program for for young men there and has been doing it for quite a while, and it seems to be an awesome program, and it's working so well. And I was asking him, what do you do for someone who's uh, reached the age 20, 21? How do you? And I was asking for a reason. I, I actually found out about his program and reached out to him and, uh, because I had someone that I, I hoped he could work with, but he works with younger kids. And he, he shared a lot of information, took the time to really share a lot of information about once a, once a young man gets a certain age, it really is up to that person what he wants out of life. But he said what he would suggest is trying to get the person to realize, stop and, and, re, and just assess his life. Where are you and why? And now what do you want? Do you want to have a life based on what you've seen, what you've gone through, or do you want different? And if the person wants different, then he says he's got to he's got to show that he wants different and be willing to be around people where he's not the smartest, not the loudest, not the the funniest, not the um, oh so many things. He said I can't remember all of them, but he said he has to be willing to surround himself around men. And this show was about, we're going to have him on the show, but it was about, um, the show that I heard him talk on was about can women successfully raise boys. And so that's kind of what the topic was about. We got off onto another subject. However, we also talked about church. You know, and he said it as well, churches need to do more with having programs to where men can, can mentor men, young boys. Because I'll lose some of the ladies here, but frankly, I don't feel we can do it. Not solely alone. I couldn't. I had to ask for help. Thank God I didn't have too much pride not to ask. There were times, I don't know if I should say this, because Brandon doesn't know this, but maybe it's time for him to know this. There were times where I paid people, can you can you just call my son and take him to say he was on your mind and you saw him out or whatever and get into his head? <laughs> I mean, really. But, I, I mean, I, I did it because there's sometimes as a, as a mother and as a parent, we should always know, maybe not right then, but something about your child should tell you that something's going on. And as mothers, especially with boys, boys are not going to always come and tell their mothers what's going on or what issues they're having. And it came a time where as a as a son and a man, Brandon, and this was really young for me, I thought, where he thought he was supposed to be my protector. So if he's thinking I'm gonna I need to protect mom, then he's not gonna bring issues to me. He should, but the way they think is totally different. So there were times where, I mean, I literally asked different people, and you have to be mindful of who you, you ask, but I don't want to get off the subject there, but the, that's that's kind of where this came about. But this comes about, what, what I was, where I was going with that is this young man that I was actually calling about, it comes down to him making a choice of what he wants. Not what he's seen, where he's been, where he comes from, what he has right now, but what do you want? And so this person was explaining to me, he says, Tammy, I was I was looking at guys who were 
planning how to spend their next half a million dollars, and I was trying to just get to a hundred thousand dollars. But those people, those men, were willing to spend time with him, to mentor him. But we're so distracted doing other things, we don't have time to even mentor the kids that we see. We talk about them. I'm so sick of hearing about, and I don't know if I'm going to say this name wrong or right, Molly Cyrus today. Really? And what she did with, I don't know the name of the the person, I don't know, whatever award show that must have been recently on, um, that's all you, you heard about and saw today. Really? We got people, we got young kids hungry, being killed. And you're worrying about Miley Cyrus twerking or tweak, whatever it is? Really? Trayvon Martin, everybody after the trial had something to say. But now that media has dropped it, so have you. That's what I mean. You don't know how to think for yourself. We just go with the flow. You may identify what your flow is, whether it's Michael Kors purses or reality shows or whatever, while life is just happening all around you. And you're you're consumed and concerned about Miley Cyrus. So I'm going to go back. Um, let's see if my caller is here. We have 901 with the last four, 6152. You're on the air with us. Hey, Ms. Tammy, this is Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. How are you? I'm all right. How about yourself? Good. I thank you for calling. I, I hate I oh. hate to put you on the spot, but you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's you, Miss Tammy. It's fine. I just had a question about um, your topic in relation to people not being able to think. Like there's so many distractions, and you were talking about Molly Cyrus, and I came across it on Facebook a couple of days ago. Um, can you touch on that some more? On the Miley Cyrus or no, which part? the fact that people are being distracted so easily and they're not taking the time to think for themselves. Because basically I think that people are, are just consumed with the world and whatever um, is happening, whatever is popular from even Facebook to – you think about mm-hmm. your day. Think about – even with Facebook, I, I realize, and, and I use it mostly for um, – getting the word out about the show and just to inspire. But mm. if you think about from the time you get up, what your day consists of mm. uh, for people. Now, it's not just you, Lawrence, but for for everybody. Think about what you do from the time you get up and all of the, the distractions that from TV. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I'm telling you guys, I don't know. I was, I was flipping through the TV yesterday and if and if I see one more reality show, I don't know what I'm going to do. Either I'm behind and they've already been out there, or they continue to come. Well, and they've been out for a minute. Yeah, maybe maybe they have. I mean, there seems to, every time there seems to be one more. So, mm-hmm. and I'll give you another example. Phones work. It, every few months, it seems like they come out with a different iPhone. And, and no, they know they have people's attention, so they keep I'm coming sorry, out with Lawrence? things that will grab. 
I said they know they have people's attention. They know that most of the people, the general public, like these reality shows and distracted by them. They're not going to pay attention to real news. They're not going to pay attention to their surroundings. They're going to be glued to their television show. They're going to be glued to their cell phones. They know that people will be glued to these things. That's why it's an easy distraction. So every four months that you come up with an iPhone, you're going to have X million people trying to get that phone because it's a distraction that people like, you know? Right, or a new show or something new. It's like we, we, we always adapt to what's new. So much so our minds have been conditioned our, and it's also trained to something new. doesn't matter if, mm-hmm. if what you have is working in good condition. Oh, something new. Because, again, that pacifies your outer being. That pacifies your identities in some way. As the mm-hmm. gentleman I was talking to today, he said, Tammy, I used to do my program for free and would get no one. He said, I started charging for it, and and people start coming because Mm -hmm. there's something about the identity there that feeds, there's something about things like that that feed people Mm -hmm. because we're not dealing with who we really are. But when you can get to a place where you are content and happy with what you have, giving thanks in everything and for everything, not so that Mm -hmm. we can keep because see, we gain so many things that we don't need. While again, my neighbor might be hungry. Mm-hmm. So when I say distractions, I mean just just so much stuff in this world that can can catch us and keep us away from so many things that add substance and value to life. The simple things, basically. The simple things, exactly. Well put. Just the simple things. In life, mm-hmm. because if we think about it and really look at it, if it's things, if it if it really was about things, then Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus wouldn't be up there doing what she was doing whenever she did it. Um, all <laughs> these people who have all this money, and they still don't have peace. So, I don't. I can't remember the young suicide. Maybe you know who that is, Lawrence. But I didn't. I don't know who this young man is. But I did see it mm-hmm. to where, and that's. Seemingly, he's he's a known guy in the uh, world of entertainment. Uh, and he's a young mm-hmm. black guy, it appears to be. And I can't think of his name because I didn't know him, but I heard that he mm-hmm. committed suicide. So oh, if um, was, I think it's the guy who used to be on the Disney Channel. I think he was acting maybe or so. something. Maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. had something to do with Disney, but committed suicide. And look at mm-hmm. the number that are committing suicide. We, right mm-hmm. here, we don't hear about it. We just had a sixth grader that committed suicide. We won't hear about that. I think that's like you know, a second leading cause of death. Right. That's so until we understand that we are, fierce, we are our biggest enemy, we are mm-hmm. addicted to the world, not just conform to it. We become addicted to the world and the things of this world. We're never satisfied with what we have. We're never satisfied. But if we would if we would treat our relationship with God like that and the relationships that really matter, mm-hmm. just what we would have. If we would just not buy the next big thing because it's the next new thing <laughs> and say, this one works fine. I had a friend I mean, actually. It's going to get old eventually anyway. It's what, what, Lawrence? I said it's going to get old as a cycle. Like each new show exactly. that comes out, each new phone is going right. to get Nothing old. Nothing new. Nothing. Mm-hmm. 
nothing. So that's what I mean by the distractions that, you know, there's so much going on in this world, of this world, and we are, we wait to be told what to, how to act, how to think, what to do, when to do it. Prime example, mm-hmm. which is why I brought up the Trayvon Martin story, you know, I, I just kind of sat back this time after the verdict because I thought, you know what, give this about a week or so, y'all mm-hmm. will move right on to something else. And the verdict hasn't changed. Yeah, Nothing changed. So if it was really about the movement and about right and wrong, we would mm. still be on it. Yeah, well, people only get hyped up when the media hypes something up. Exactly. Exactly. So, but they don't care about the true issue. It's only when it becomes popular that people want to buy into it. Right, right, right. So, and, and, you know, you and I know that from, from just what we see kind of working out in the community and, and how hard it is, you know, with mm-hmm. to get people just to, even with their children, what you mm-hmm. do is free. What I do is free. But mm-hmm. we have to pick up kids, drop kids off. But mm-hmm. if we were having a barbecue in the midst of the Grizzly basketball team, somewhere at some party, some club, whatever, you wouldn't mm-hmm. ha- it wouldn't have to be free. You wouldn't have to pick anybody up. They would come prepared. Everybody would flat out. Flat out, ready to party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the rent <laughs> money. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's choices. It's not a curse. And if it's a curse, think about your choices. That's what I'm trying to get people to see. Think about, we talk about so much, we put energy on the wrong things. And we're still the same. But we're claiming the power of God. And we're still the same. And okay doing the same. So, I don't know, Lawrence. But, um, Lawrence, would you mind just kind of telling, while you're on here, would you kind of tell a little little bit about... uh, what you do as much as you want, even with the, I was telling someone today about your cookies, um, <laughs> your cookie business. So, but tell as much as you like about any part of what you do. Specifically, I would like you to share about subliminal thought, though, and, and uh, just kind of share that with, with the audience. Okay, well, um, I guess let's start with subliminal thought. It's a nonprofit that me and this uh, my friend Brandon Shaw, we created basically to get people to see God in the same light. Because like Ms. Tammy is saying, people are easily distracted by so many things that the world has to offer, and people are not paying attention spiritually. A lot of people have spiritual voices they're not working on. And so one of our main objectives is to get people to see God, acknowledge that he exists, and seek after him, and seek him first. Uh, also, we're doing a 901 Evolutions. It's partner up with 901 Butterflies. It's a mentoring program for the young men of Memphis, and we're really trying to get in the community like Ms. Tang was saying earlier, we're doing so much positivity and so much good, but it's so hard to get people to focus on those things, but it's so easy for people to focus on Miley Cyrus or what's the new hip-hop song that's on the radio. Like, it's easy to pay attention to the negative, but not to the good. And so what we're out here trying to do is basically change the uh, the stigma that's on Memphis of negativity and oppression. We're trying to get out here and change it in so many different mediums. Okay. Okay, and 901 Evolution, um, you guys, I don't know if you heard, is it's basically uh, partnering with, we've partnered together on a number of things, Lawrence and I, with Subliminal Thought, but mm-hmm. even that itself, Lawrence is a is a young, prob- 
probably the age of my son. Um, I don't know exactly how you are. I'm Lawrence. almost 23. I'm 22 right now. Okay. I'm almost 23. Okay. But but Lawrence, I met Lawrence at a, a meeting and, and just kind of we, we connected and went from there. And mm-hmm. they are a group of young people who are really inspired and really, they were really encouraging to me because for years now I've, I've, I've approached men, grown men, um, about starting something for the young boys because, again, Women, I, I can't do it. I can't. I don't. I just don't know that world. I can. I have an opinion. I have my thoughts. I can help in some way, but to dig deep and help a man deal with issues that men go through, I can't. I can't dig there. That's that's mm-hmm. not my ground. Not mm-hmm. successfully. So when when I mentioned it to Lawrence, they they created a ten step program. They raised. We did the car wash to raise money mm-hmm. for it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was just in awe and amazed that here are these young young men still going to school, working, trying to just trying to find their way. But for years, I've had men say, "Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, oh yeah, we want to do that." But when it comes time to put the pedal to the metal, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody nothing. there. So I just commend you guys for what you do. Uh, support subliminal thought, you guys, in every way. Again, they're a group of young people, and they have so much going. Fighting for equal pay at the university, or, or for colleges, fighting for the matter mm-hmm. buses and the buses. Just so much they're 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 working towards and working on that that even things that don't really affect them in a way. Because when you think about the people that keep the grounds, the people that clean up the rooms at the University of Memphis and other mm-hmm. colleges, some of those people make don't even make, I mean, they can't make a living off of what they make. And they've been out there 30 years. Some of them don't have a retirement plan. And we're worrying, worrying about Miley Cyrus tweaking, twerking, whatever you call it. Really? The social issues are being ignored. Right. Really? Mm-hmm. So these are the things that type of things that subliminal thought and and other things other uh, groups that are have been formed from that. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the film. The, what was it? Um, oh, Lauren, the Black Film Review. It's right, about the Angela Davis movie. Angela Davis. Yep, that was mm-hmm. a, a success in a sense. But still, you know, one one organization, one group cannot do it all. And then when they do it, come out and support. Mm-hmm. Because things are not going to change unless we change our choices in the way that we think and our actions. Right. Amen. Anything else you'd like to share about any part of it? Um, you want to give out some information of how someone can, can can contact you. And we're here in Memphis, but I know we have listeners from all over tonight. I see some numbers that I don't know. But um, this is a Memphis group. But if anyone is interested, again, we're going to have, in, in other areas, I do have some mm-hmm. contacts in Atlanta. So if you're interested in, in other programs that you've heard me speak about tonight, you can connect with me. Um, either on the the blog talk site, but I'll give out my information a little bit later. Lawrence, okay. would you just kind of give out anything, or they can contact you through me if you'd like. However, you want to do it. Well, um, I put out my number as well. I don't mind doing okay. that. But they can type in the subliminal thought name on Facebook. That's one of the easiest names to 
easiest ways to find us. We have two pages on Facebook. And also you can reach me if you want to network or have any ideas or want to do something positive in the studio, whether it's volunteering, doing speaking engagements, doing anything like that. Uh, you can reach me at 901-220-6152. Okay, and that's 901-220-6152. And if you did not get that or if you lose it, you can always go back again and listen to the show, or you certainly can connect with me here at any time through the site, the Blog Talk site or the website or Facebook, and I think all of you have my number as well. So, Lawrence, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Did you want to share anything about the cookies? I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, be on the lookout for JNA. You got me marketing and everything this time. <laughs> but it's JNA Delights. It's a cookie business that me and this other guy, Justin Van, uh, we started two black entrepreneurs just trying to do something for ourselves in the city. Uh, we have locations at Debo's. We're selling our cookies there. You can check us out, Germantown and Poplar, and you'll find us there. Really good. We have the old school butter cookies, bread, velvet, everything that you guys would like. So come and check us out. And see, this, let me get this in. This is, again, you, you guys, you people. These are young people who are coming up with ways who are reinventing the wheel, who's not trying to go punch in nine to five. And in addition to that, they still find time to go to school, to work, and to help other young men that that their experience and what they're seeing may not work for them. They're just trying to say, here is a better way. Here is a better road, my brother. Mm-hmm. Here is another man that can tell you we've been through that, but we chose a different route. If you're mm-hmm. not doing that, people and you can then don't don't really you have nothing to say it's like saying if you don't vote then don't talk about what you get later Mm -hmm. if you don't vote don't say you did vote just be quiet and take what you get so i commend you guys lawrence keep up the good work i thank you for all that that you did to help me even remain motivated because seeing you guys make me want to work even harder so thank you. Thank you for calling in. Anything else you want to share tonight? Well, no problem. Your inspiration to us as well, Ms. Tammy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. No problem. Be blessed. Okay. All right. Okay. We are going to take a short break, okay, and I'm going to, um, something I have not did, but I want to, Go to a brief commercial. I do have a guest with me tonight, a very quiet, silent guest who has to leave next time. I think um, she will speak, but I'm going to go to a brief commercial, and I'm going to let her out. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you about some new things that we are actually getting ready. This is kind of a test. gives me a chance to test this tonight because we're actually have some sponsors for the Butterfly Evolution Show, and they're going to start running some commercials on here. So I'm excited about that and just excited about what God is, is doing um, with Butterfly Evolution in this program. So take this time to get you something to drink, take a potty break and all that while I play some music, and I'm going to let my guest out. I'll be back in just a few short minutes. Second. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your love through. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. They can't stop your hurting. 
Thank you for that. I am back. Thank you for that quick break. I think I like the breaks. We're not going to keep you, I'm not going to keep you much longer tonight. I've kind of jumped all over the place. I want to just kind of stop with the generational curse. I think you know where I, my point on that. If someone else has something different, I do want to make sure that I get the verses out that that just helped me to understand more because as I shared with you earlier, there was a time where I thought there has to be something to this. But um, I'll share those with you. I don't know if I'll read all of them, but I'll at least give them out to you and you can search them yourself and form your own opinion there. But my focus tonight, and maybe I'll hold you maybe about 10 more minutes, 10, 15 more minutes at the most, but the focus tonight is choices, making better choices. Again, the the topic was generational curses or generational choices. And, again, I believe that it's all about our choices and our actions and things like that that lead us to where to our destiny, so to speak. You, you've heard me say many times, sow a thought and we reap an action. Sow an action, you reap habit. You sow habit, you reach character, and your character determines your destiny. How often do you think about where your thoughts are leading you? How often do you think about your choices before you do them, before you act upon them? That's, 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 that takes time and it takes work. So how do we make better choices? Number one, I say, you know, it's okay to live in the moment and just kind of live life, but that can also be detrimental to your to your destiny. You know, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't teach my kids just, just, just to live life, just take it as it comes. There's, a, there's two sides to that. So I think a lot of people are just kind of flopping around, doing whatever, whenever, however, and, and when the consequences are before them, they either ignore them, um, don't deal with them, just keep, keep going, or have some type of excuse of, of why this is happening and, and so forth. So. Number one, we need to pay attention to the choices um, that we are currently making and compare them to our past choices and then say, try to understand where have those choices led me, where have they gotten me, do I like where I am. How do we, that's how we form uh, better decision-making skills. Have you changed? Has your decision-making skills changed? Because if we if they don't, then you're going to make the same choices. So if your choices are keeping you right where you are and you're not happy with it, whether you're admitting it to yourself or not, um, but if your choices are leading you or, or having you to end up back in the same place, seemingly, and that's not where you want to be, again, if you de- whether you're dealing with it or not, because as we said earlier in the show, you know we can put those skeletons up and leave them there, and we we are very good at doing that. We've shared the Second uh, Corinthians ten and five. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and. Well, let me finish it. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and when we take captive every thought, we should take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The word pretension, the antonym for that is humility. So 
how often do you take your thoughts captive and to to make them obedient to Christ, especially for those of you who, um, let's see, I want to get a word that, that I want to say this correctly. How often do you take your, your thoughts captive to make them obedient to Christ for those of you who are following God? About two weeks ago, I think I shared with you. I guess two weeks ago. That's that that is that changes your life as well. Repeating that scripture, put it somewhere, and say, okay, is this a Tammy thing? Is this something Tammy wants to do? Is this a godly thing? And I tell you, oftentimes, many times, this really is what I want. What I want to do. That's where that thought would. That's what the thought was about. And that's why the word says we need to renew our mind, take up our cross daily, because there's a lot of stuff on our crosses. I know it's a lot on mine. Thank God that more and more is falling off, but that's because I'm working on me. And if we don't, it starts with my thoughts. It starts with my choices. So pay attention to your choices and determine where they are leading you, or even better, where have your thoughts led you? Number two, understand that you always have a choice about how you react or how you respond to someone or something. And more importantly, over time, your choices really do influence who you are. Again, whether we choose as people to deal with it or not, but the choices really do, over time, influence who we are. We become those choices or the the results, consequences of those choices. So the experience, remember this, the experience or the growth is not in issues or not in the things that happen to us. Taking that back to childhood because, you know, again, so many people grow up thinking that, Whatever whatever is before them has to be their life. And some people grow up thinking, hey, I'm going to allow this experience. I know where this life leads, so I'm going to allow this experience to help me grow. And I'm going to react and respond this way because I see where the other people have acted and responded this way, and I know where it has gotten them. And we have to also stop and think, um, about life. Where do you want to go? What are your desires? What are your goals? Many people don't, how how often, even as children, parenting, parents, how, how long has it been or have you ever talked to your child about what is it that you want to do or ever noticed what your child is gifted in? I can't, I believe it's the Chevrolet place. I can't remember this guy's name. I remember reading the story during the uh, Black History Month where the aunt of this young man noticed that he really was a great artist when it comes to cars. And I've shared the story on the show before, but so much so, to she, she took his drawings and she sent them in, I believe it was the Chevrolet place in, in Michigan or somewhere, but that's where he's like CEO of a certain department now. But at the age seven and eight, she recognized what he was good at. So 
we're not doing too well. Many of us are not doing too well with with parenting and, and making those choices that will help our children go beyond where we went or where we are. Some of you have made the choice and accepted that that your child, your children can only do this or less because this is where you are. So we have to, again, understand our choices and teach our children and others to make better choices. I'm able to tell the young girls now, this is what I did. This is These are the choices that I made, and this is what, and I'm very transparent, very with them. Will that change? Maybe not. But if, if they're able to stop and think, or at that time when they're when it's presented or something is presented before them that could change the course of their life, think about how many people that are dead and gone because someone didn't make a choice. They didn't stop and think and say, wow, if I do this, where could it lead me? So, again, it's not, to me, not about curses. Um Third one, we have to really get to know who we are, the good, the bad. I've said this, I think, earlier in the show, the good, the bad, the ugly, our fears and our strengths, our weaknesses. We have to really get to know who we are and be able to to deal with it. That's, again, if you want different. Now, if you just are okay with where you are and what you're doing and how your life is, how you feel in the midnight hour when nobody is there, if you're okay with that, then keep doing it. Keep making those choices because you'll, you'll, you'll remain where you are. You won't grow. But we have to start with ourselves. Another Frederick Douglass quote that, I again, I absolutely just love reading about Frederick Douglass, but this one says, A battle lost or won is easily described, understood, and appreciated but the moral growth of a great nation requires reflection as well as observation to appreciate it. And I say the same with our life. We have to sometimes just reflect upon what's going on and observe our choices, our decision-making skills, our thoughts, Because if you do that, you will find out why you're where you are, for the most part. Because life, again, life is going to happen. It is going to happen. Another Frederick Douglass quote, America is false to the past, false to the present, and uh, summarily binds herself to the false of the future. Reminds me also of our lives. We don't want to deal with the past, or we did not deal with the past, don't want to. And, again, dealing with and and living in is two different things. You deal with something and you move on. Remaining in is something that we don't want to do. And this quote is that America is false to the past, false to the present and binds herself to the to be false to the future. So if we're not dealing with the past, the present, or the future, if we're just dealing with life and taking it, going, you know, just doing what we do, doing the same thing over and over again in front of our children that mimic what they see. And we continue to ask ourselves, 
Why are these kids doing this and why are they not? What are they what are they seeing? Us do. What do they see us doing? How do they see us um even serving God? You know, I had a young man, had to have the pleasure of speaking with a young man who came out of foster care, and uh, every foster care that he had gone in, just about, I won't say every, but the majority of them were of Christian homes. And he talked about, he is now, he doesn't, he's not a religious person, I would say that. Um, And he explained how these people would take me to church and before we get off church ground, they were cursing me out. They were beating me just beyond means, you know. And, and so as a result of that, he grew up thinking no such thing as Christian folk. And if so, if they're like, because they probably are like the people that raised me. As a child, he went through the foster, care, foster system from, from a child up. So, again, we want our kids to react, to respond, to be responsible adults, but what are we? Does our yes mean yes? Does our no mean no? We did the show with Erica Murray, and she talked about in CEO to the power of you, um, are you a collective component or a cohesive whole, I believe is the way that she put it. And in describing that, are you this way at church? Are you this way at work? Are you this way around this friend? Are you this way around this person? So you're all these people or all these things based on who you are with or where you are, so much so so you don't know who you are or it creates confusion within who you are. Who who are you really? So, number four, how are we for time? Okay, number four, um, I'm going to just bring this one right out. Having a choice is, is, is a choice. So realize that having a choice is a choice and that you have the power to change many things, if not everything in your life. If not everything, you do have the power or you can make the choice of how you respond to it or act to it. But you, we, must first decide that we want to change or there is a need for change. And we have to take responsibility for that. Otherwise, you're just on on automatic, just like the pilot just putting the plane on automatic, just let it ride. Wherever we end up is where we end up. And again, when we do that, what are we telling our children? We have to start making and incur- let allowing them to see us making choices that lead us to our goals, if we have goals. This is a quote by uh, a psychologist, Carl. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. Jung, I believe, but it says, "I am not what happened to me." I am what I chose to become. And so in order to know where you're going or which direction to go, what choices to make, you want you want to be able to, to, to know where you where you want to go. What are your goals? And be able to choose choices or make decisions that support that. 
and not live off of your perceptions, your negative thoughts, your choices, wrong choices, your ego. You know, we did the show on the seven deadly sins. That show was awesome for me. It helped me in a, in a mighty, mighty way. So go back and listen to some of those shows as well. I'm going to give you the verses again. I'm not going to read them. I may give give you two that I'll read, and I'll give you the rest of them, and you can read them. But before closing, I just want to remind you guys that if, if your belief is in generational curses, I certainly challenge you to go back and read your word and and. and Go to God in prayer about that because if you believe in generational curses, then to me what you're saying is there's nothing there's nothing you can do about your salvation. There's nothing that you can do um, about your relationship or your being obedient to the word of God means nothing. To me, that's what you're saying when you are when you lean towards the, the the possibility that the curse comes from the word of God or from God. So here are a few verses that I was able to read and and just study as I prepared for this show. Um, what's interesting, Exodus. There, there's a lot from Ezekiel on the curses or that mention the that talk about curses in the Bible. But Exodus starting at 4, and many people, and this is why it's so important for you to get an understanding of the word yourself, because people will take one verse, and that's it. They they form an opinion based on one verse. Or it could be that they heard someone else form an opi- the opinion of someone else um, about that one verse. But Exodus 20, and I'm going to start at 4, but I want to make sure that you realize that most people um, only give you verse 5. When you when you Google or you look up curses in the Bible, it will give you Exodus 20, verse 5. But if you go a bit above and, and then some down as well, it gives you a, it gives it a total different meaning for me, that is. But starting with 4, it says, You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And again, this is the this is the verse five. What I just read is what, in most cases, people will give you. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But verse six says this, and this is the verse right after. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. To me, that says it all. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Ezekiel 18 and 20, the soul who the soul who sins shall die. The soul shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor, I'm sorry, the son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. 
the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So, again, this thing about us um, being cursed because of the sins of our forefathers um, just, to me, becomes a matter of you making a choice to carry on the sins or um, carrying out what you see and owning up to the bondage uh, that that all of us have in our families. Um, Ezekiel 18 and 1, and this will be my last one, the word of the word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, and I'll let you carry on because I had 1 through 32 on that. And then another one that you can read on your own, and this is really a good one. I encourage all of you to go back and read Ezekiel Ezekiel 18 and starting with 19 through 20. However, if you can start with just reading the entire chapter of 18, that would be great as well. The chat line, um, I'm going to check it. And let's see. Okay, we answered that one. For those of you who are still on on the lines on the phone with me, if you do have a question or a comment, now is your time to get it in. Um, I do want to read a few quotes to you, and then I'm going to end the show there. I said I was going to also just tell you, for those of you who are listening, and maybe someone will be listening to the archive show, we are. Um going to start running commercials uh, for the sake of advertising. I only have, at this time, I believe enough for about four more slots because I don't want to make the show all about commercials and music. So I probably will do it twice uh, per show. So as of now, I don't think I'll take any more than... I probably should say just maybe two or three, but just because some people are kind of fickle and they may not uh, carry out, so I always want to keep some people in the pipeline. But if you have a need or an interest for any advertising and you'd like to do it on the Butterfly or with the Butterfly Evolution show, there is a a small fee, and that will help um, with the show and, and all that as well as the 901 Butterflies and some other things that are in the making that I'll share with you soon. But if you have a need or if you know someone that, and it doesn't matter where they where they are because, again, we have people from Germany that listen um, to this show, from uh, Ohio, a, a great um, base in Atlanta. So I, I thank all of my Atlanta listeners. I have a lot of you from Atlanta. And for those of you who are in Atlanta, the, the gentleman that's going to be on the show in a few weeks his program is out of Atlanta, out of Atlanta, and I believe he told me that he's near the airport. And he puts he works with about I think he said 80 kids per year. So it's a it's a program that they kind of rotate kids in and out. Um, so I'll give you more information on that probably next week uh, as we work to finalize 
the date that he's going to be on. And I know that there's not much he can do here, but I'm hoping that someone here will hear it and uh, just kind of go with that, or people in Atlanta, of course, because we just need to be a, a vessel everywhere for everybody and share each other's vision. So I'm excited about having him on. So for those of you, again, with the advertising, uh, please keep that in mind. In addition to that, I have the Butterfly Evolution celebrating over 100 shows now. I was going to try to do it right after the 100 shows, but we're far beyond that. Right now I have this date scheduled for October 5th uh, at Botanical Gardens. However, I may have to change that date because of conflicting uh, things going on, but I will give you more information on that Monday. Would love to have just as many of you that want to attend. Uh, it will be a free event, so I'll keep you posted on that as well. But that's kind of the butterfly news. Don't forget about our 901 butterflies. If you have or know of a young girl that that will benefit from such a program, we just had a meeting last Saturday. Bought on two new girls, only one could show up this time, but we're growing and uh, the girls are really, really benefiting from it. I am really seeing, um, I'm just really seeing a difference in some of their lives and I'm just thankful for that. So keep all of these things in your prayers. If it's something that you can do to give back to your community, please do. I mean, please, because our children really, really need it. Our adults need it as well. So if you can be a hand or a help to anyone, especially emotionally, uh, spiritually, please do so. But first and foremost, let your light so shine that they know that um, that you are a vessel. So that being said, I'm going to check once more for our people in the chat line. I think we're good there. Thank you, you guys that are out there in the chat line. Really appreciate you hanging in there. I see Siren out there and, uh, she was quiet tonight, unbelievable, but I see her out there as well. And, Lawrence, I thank you um, and everyone else that's out there. So that being said, it's been a great show. I hope that you've been blessed for it. I, from it. I hope that you take something away from it, and please do give some of it away. Whatever you took from it, please share it with others. Do also share the Butterfly Evolution show Monday night. 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Please also remember that all shows are archived, and we are now on iTunes as well. You can go out to iTunes and listen from anywhere, and it is a free service out there as well. The Butterfly Evolution website is now up and running, not totally together, but I finally published it a few nights ago, and that's butterflyevolution.org. So it's not .com, it's .org, O-R-G, butterflyevolution.org, and you can... Um, keep up with what we're doing and, and kind of where we're going from there as I continue to work on it. As always, thank you for choosing Butterfly Evolution tonight. Please come back and, and uh, spend next Monday night with me as well and uh, just be blessed. Thank you. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be.
Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.